0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to BibleQuest.tv. This is the Tuesday edition, and we're glad you're able to join us today on this lovely Tuesday afternoon. I'm your host, Drew DeGrotto, and let me bring in the panelists. Uh, Jonathan, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm I'm excited that uh, we're getting close to springtime or we're in springtime now and the weather's starting to change, but, uh, my allergies have been acting up a lot. So I'm going to probably be muting myself quite a bit throughout the show. <laughs> so you guys all don't right. have to hear me suffer.
0: Oh, uh, I've so been fortunate. Did. I've been very fortunate and blessed. I have not had allergies. Uh, others in my family have, but not me, but glad you're here. And if you're hitting the mute button, go ahead and sneeze all you want. <laughs> Our program director, Scott Smeltzer. How are you doing, Scott? Hi, Drew. How are you? I'm doing great, but uh, you are. Let me just stop the share here for a second. You are in uh, not your home. It looks like you're in a different environment. Where are you? Uh, where are you coming from?
2: I'm in jail. No, I'm in Florida. So <laughs>
0: glad glad to see you
2: coming I'm in. Teaching in Florida this week, and I'm sitting in the library at Florida College.
0: Oh, uh, great! Yes, great, great. When you coming back? uh,
2: uh the series ends Wednesday night, and uh, I'll be back home uh, Friday night. Great, great. Well, have a nice uh, meeting down there.
0: Glad you're still able to join us on the internet. Um, So we left off last week, we were talking about the Beatitudes last week, actually, we were in the what the uh, verse six, I think it was. Before you get into the next uh, Beatitude, we're gonna talk about the merciful Uh, will receive mercy and blessed are the merciful but Scott can you remind us again what is the definition of the word
2: beatitude
0: I knew I'd throw something at
2: (laughs) I'm not sure I've looked it up before it has to do with uh like beatific it has to do with like a blessedness or something I'm glad
0: I'm glad you're stumped because someone asked me that earlier this morning too, and I'm saying, wait a minute, I thought I knew it. What does it mean? Because it doesn't mean attitude.
2: Oh no, no, no.
0: Nothing no. to do with attitude.
2: Not about the attitude of bees, like stingy, you know, <laughs> flyy, Um It's uh, there's some other words, beatific or something, but I think it has to do, I think, with the state of blessedness. Right. And so if, I, if I remember correctly, it's related because, and this is, by the way, the, the Beatitudes are not only here. Back in Psalms, there's blessed are the meat for they right. spread out the land that's cited here. Uh, in James, blessed is the man uh, that endures temptation. And doesn't uh, doesn't Psalm 1 start with the Beatitude?
1: Yeah, it's uh, blessed is the one who... Uh, Delights in the law of the Lord, I think, or or yeah, some contemplates don't. the law of the Lord. Well so, that's why the
0: word
2: I think the word has to do with that.
0: Yeah, and I think it does. Uh the the clue is in all of these verses is blessed are. Blessed is or blessed are. So it has to do with and blessed meaning happy, satisfied. All right, so good. Now, I'm gonna throw a couple other uh stump questions at you too as we go along, as if that's
2: <laughs> no, there's nobody gonna bite on why pirates like these verses.
0: Uh, wait a minute. Pirates? We didn't lose our audience yet, did we? Yeah. No, 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 not yet. <laughs>
2: we may have. We may have. All right, so first, let's go ahead. First, he doesn't know what a beatitude that he's doing pirate jokes. So well, Listen, yeah. we
0: have the chat, the chat uh, room, uh, yeah, Eva put up some, Learn, learn to pronounce noun supreme blessedness the expression of the attitude the religious sometimes adopt okay thank you that's excellent very good I was going to ask someone in the audience to go go do a little search and give us something good so as we're going through the program you all everyone that's in the audience whether you're on zoom app or the, the facebook page you know the drill just go ahead and type in your questions in the chat window the comment box whatever you want to put it in and We're glad glad to hear from you. All right, Scott, where are we going? Go ahead and take it away. All right, so let's see.
2: We've done blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And I believe that should be translated, they shall inherit the land, from back in the Psalms. And it's translated, the same Greek word is translated land in Matthew 4 and Matthew 2 is land. Uh, doesn't mean that we're going to go live in Palestine, but the idea of the promised land. Um, and then, and, and notice the point of humility here, poor in spirit, mourning, especially for our sins, humbleness, gentleness, meekness. Uh, and then we did, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness we did last time. So now we come to, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive... Mercy. So this is something that's stated, not always in these words, but very close to these words sometimes. And sometimes it's stated in the positive. Sometimes it's stated in the negative. You know, if we forgive, God forgives us. Or if we won't forgive, God won't forgive us. So there's several other places in the New Testament where the same idea is taught. What are some of the other places where you see the same idea?
1: you see it a little bit later um first off in in the sermon on the mount um in chapter six whenever jesus is uh talking about prayer and one of the things that he mentions in his prayer, which we sometimes call the model prayer, I suppose, is uh, in verse 12 of Matthew chapter six, Give, uh, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And there's the kind of, it seems like a commentary on that verse at the very end, where in verse 14 of chapter six, he says, if you forgive others their trespass, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's connected. Uh, What are some other passages in the New Testament?
0: Didn't he also uh, offer uh, a talk about a parable about the servant who didn't forgive or have mercy towards other servants?
2: Yeah. So that's in Matthew 18, and that's worth talking about in detail. So in a minute, let's go to Matthew 18 and talk about that one in detail. Let's mention a couple more before we uh, start going into all the juicy details of that one. James, we've mentioned before, so many of the Beatitudes are echoed in James. How does James present this same truth?
1: Yeah, over in uh, James chapter 2, um, in uh, verse 12, uh, he, he's, he's discussing how to treat people kind of in the beginning and he starts off in chapter two talking about not showing partiality and how the Lord doesn't show partiality and mentioning that scenario where a man comes in and he's finely dressed and you treat him well into your assembly but then someone comes in and they're not so finely dressed and so you treat them more poorly and how that's an unacceptable activity or behavior to show and later on in his discussion he says in verse 12 uh, so speak and so act this is James two verse 12. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. And in verse 13, he says for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy, mercy triumphs over judgment. And uh, you think about that statement. Um, that's really terrifying. We'll see that whenever we start talking about the unforgiving servant in Matthew chapter 18. But like you just think about that, you will have that there is a possibility standing before God, that your judgment could be without mercy. That's not a, that's not a judgment that I want to be involved in or have on me. Uh, mercy is is what all of us need. Um, but James says, there's a possibility that you could receive a judgment from God with no mercy.
2: Yeah. And and it, it relates to the same principle. So in Matthew, the same thing is stated, but in a beautiful, positive way, and in James, the same thing is stated, but from the negative warning viewpoint. So in Matthew, it's blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. In James, but judgment is without mercy to those who show no mercy. Drew.
0: Um, there's a there's some a passage in the Old Testament about a woman approaching the king, asking for mercy. But I read a story that related something to that, and I don't know if you've read a read this was a nice analogy where a woman appears before the judge to have mercy on her son who committed a a murder that was a serious crime and he was deserving of the death penalty and he said uh, the judge said your son is deserving of this punishment and she said something to the effect says no I'm not asking you to give him what he deserves I'm asking you to have mercy on him not to forgive him, but to have mercy on him. And he he weighed the, the death penalty. He, he waived it because of the woman's approach to him, to have mercy on him, because she recognized what he was deserving.
2: And there, there, there's a difference, yeah. It's like in Romans 4, the difference between grace and works. Uh, when you've earned something, you're owed it. You know, you you, yeah. you take a job, and you, uh, you uh, do the work, and then you get paid that's not mercy, that's, they owe you that. You did the work. Whereas with grace, somebody else paid the bill and and we're receiving the mercy. One more verse from the New Testament along this line is at the end of Ephesians 4, it says, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So just numerous times where it's this time and, and, and the most powerful one is the parable that we're about to look at there. And so let's go ahead and look at that.
1: Yeah, so I got to pull it up here on the screen.
2: Oh, yeah, perfect. Um, and let's back up for just a bit to see a little bit of the background context. Um, now, this could have been in a different time and different place, but you've got, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen, then tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile of a tax quote. Drop down now to verse uh, 21. Then Peter came up and said,
0: how often how will times? my
2: brother sin against
0: me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Lord? Yeah, and it sounds like
2: it's following right on that previous conversation. Uh, so, you know, I go rebuke him, he repents, but how many times I got to do that? <laughs> and even, I guess, in this in the context, isn't
0: Peter saying, you know, seven times is a lot. You want me to actually forgive him seven times?
2: And what well, and I I it may be, and I'm not sure which statement was made first, but in Luke 17, 3, Jesus said, If your brother sins, sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in one day, and says, I repent, forgive him. Mm. And Peter's wanting to know how many times do I gotta do that? Mm. And I found it amusing to think about why Peter might have said that text doesn't say, uh, but you could, if you were making a movie of this, you could have Peter taking notes. You know, he's wanting to remember, you know, mm-hmm. oh and how many times was it? Seven? Yeah, I got that. Seven times. Okay, well, I'll go that far. My, my guess. <laughs> my guess is he may have a more emotional interest in this <laughs> instead of just detailing facts. It's kind of like, now how many times are you going to do that? <laughs> seven, right. Seven. and
1: Jesus says, not just seven, but here in Matthew 18, I don't say you do seven times, but 77 times. Uh,
2: yeah. And some translations say 70 times seven yeah and either way you translate that it's a lot yeah yeah the point is an in
0: infinite amount of
2: times <laughs> you keep, you keep
0: so if i have a hard time with seven i'm really gonna have a hard time with 70 times seven
2: yeah so and and why is it that we want to stop mm.
1: i think what it really boils down to um it, it goes back to that um the, the concept I think that Paul is trying to really bring home in what you read in Ephesians 4. There at the end of Ephesians 4 and going into Ephesians 5, he says, forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. And then he says in chapter 5, verse 1 of Ephesians to imitate God, um, imitate how he has shown his love and that sort of thing. Really, I think why it's so easy to not... Uh, eh, and there are other reasons, I suppose, also, but why it's so easy to not want to extend forgiveness is maybe because we don't really truly understand the value of forgiveness that it's had in our own lives and really appreciate the mercy that God has shown us. Because, And that that manifests itself in this story we're about to read. If you understand how much you've been forgiven, what that should spark naturally is, I want to forgive everyone else. Because, man if I forgive everyone else, that's not even scratching the surface of how much God has forgiven me. You point. So that kind of leads into this story here um, back in Matthew chapter 18, after Peter asks how many times, and Jesus says, well, 77 times, uh, then he goes on and tells a story to kind of illustrate this. So in verse 23, Jesus says, therefore, this is Matthew 18, verse 23, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, one of them was, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, and his wife and his children, and all that he had in payment to be made. And so the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. So we can just stop right there and just kind of talk about this guy at the very beginning. Um, it says that, that this, this kingdom, this king... Was, you know, had debtors to him. And he found this one in particular that owed him 10,000 talents. I don't remember off the top of my head. Do you know probably about how much money that would be, Scott?
2: I'm working on it right now. Well, let's assume it's a talent of silver instead mm-hmm. of a talent of gold. If it was a talent of gold, it would be astronomical even more. I just looked up the price of silver. Right now, the price of silver is $206 a uh, pound. So if we do just a little bit of math here, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm going to round it to, well, well, let's do 206, 206 per pound. And how many pounds are in a talent? It's 73 or 78. I'm, I'm going to go low and go 73. Hmm. Uh, and so then one would be $15,000 and then times a thousand would be uh, fifteen million, but this is ten thousand uh, uh. times that again, and we're talking. Looks like if I did the math right, hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, um, uh,
0: maybe one point five billion.
2: Oh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you've ever been in debt, and it's a debt that you're not sure you're going to be able to pay back, it probably was not as bad as a servant who owed that much money
1: yeah yeah and like you think about that like what the what the request is so you got a guy he ten thousand talents from what i understand um that's that's a ridiculous amount of money that's like the equivalent of saying like if you worked all day every day for the rest of your life and you were making you know like a I don't a denarius
2: know. a day. Yeah, a denarius a, a day. common
1: laborer. Yeah, yeah. If you were making a denarius a day, you would never even get close to it, earning it, enough money in a lifetime to pay back this debt.
2: Yeah, rich people make more, make more than poor people. But in the parable of the laborers in the vineyard where you got the guys, you know, stand around waiting and get hired, they're hired at a denarius a day. And I think I've seen that this, it would be like 20,000 years worth of work before mm-hmm. you'd be able to pay off this amount, something like that.
1: Yeah. So, and so hopeless.
0: It's yeah. a hopeless
2: number, hopeless.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so the king is asking for this money back. He obviously doesn't have that money. Can't get can't get it back to him, can't pay. And so he's going to be sold and his wife and his children and everything until the payment's made. So aka he he loses his life. Basically <laughs> for the rest of his life, he needs to be um, you know, working to pay off his debt. And he falls on his knees. And he says, be patient with me and I'll pay you back everything. Now, that's really kind of interesting to, to think about that, considering where this story goes, because there's no way that this servant would ever be able to work enough to pay him back everything. And so what he needs is what the king gives him. In right. verse 27, he gives Joseph pity. Out of pity, he releases him and forgives him that whole debt. So it's just gone. Just like that, you know, he he had all of this debt and the king says, don't worry about it it's it's done it's paid for don't worry you're free um now you would expect the story to go in a different direction if you never read this story before you've got a guy that owes this ridiculous amount of money and the king just decides it's fine it's okay out of pity don't worry about it we're clear and free that servant you would think would go around very joyful and happy and, and, and and just so, you know, grateful for what that king had done for him. He might even, you know, go and start being nice to other people because he's been showered with such great blessing and, and kindness here, but that's not where he goes. In verse 28, that same servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. And so the servant fell down and pleaded with him and said, have patience with me and I will pay you. And he refused, and he went to put him in prison until he should pay the debt. And when Let's his fellows about, heard,
2: and, and notice how much it was. Yeah. So this a hundred, was hundred denarii, yeah. which is comparable the laborers. That was one day's wage. Yeah. So for a common laborer, he could have earned that in a hundred days. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, about about three months, he could have paid him back. <laughs> yeah. This is a reachable so, number.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is. A, a tiny fraction. And what does he say to the unmerciful servant?
1: He says the exact same thing that the unmerciful servant said. He said, be patient with me and I'll pay you back. Except the difference here is that's actually possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, shouldn't, if, it,
2: if you've just been forgiven that much, shouldn't you be in a grateful mood Shouldn't we be? And this—that's where this is going to go. Shouldn't we be? And maybe remember the language. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 an hour before I was groveling on the ground saying, "Please be patient with me, and I'll pay you," then when I grab a guy for some, you know, almost loose change in comparison, and he <laughs> says, "Have patience with me," and
1: maybe it should click. And oh, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. And so in verse 30, he refused and he went and put him in prison till he should pay the debt. And word ends up getting back to the king. In verse 31, his fellow servants saw what had taken place and they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master and all that had taken place. And then his master summoned him and he said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should be, pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Um, and so Jesus brings it full circle there at the end of the story, but you see that that's you know what you'd expect. Let Put yourself, I think it, it's most helpful for us in this story to put ourselves in the position of the unforgiving servant and to realize that when we're like that, that's wrong. And we need to change. But let's just kind of imagine for a second that you're in the position of the king. You're the one that has forgiven a great debt to someone. And then you hear that that person who you forgave so much is treating someone else poorly. What would you do? How would you feel about somebody just kind of not appreciating because what that really shows is unappreciation that that guy didn't appreciate what you did for him um and it's clearly manifested in his actions toward his fellow servant there and i think the king responds exactly how most of us would respond okay if you're not going to appreciate my forgiveness and you're not going to forgive someone else my forgiveness is now revoked (laughs) yeah yeah
2: it's revoked yeah
1: that's right and so jesus brings it full circle obviously the king in this story is the father God, the father, and we are the servants. And so we better be treating each other with that same level of forgiveness that God has shown us or mercy, mercy and forgiveness, I think are really synonymous here uh, in this story. Um, And just sit and think, how much has God actually forgiven you and forgiven us? I don't have any right to not be be able to forgive someone else when they ask for forgiveness, because God has forgiven so much of me. Um, I, I'm required. I need to forgive other people and show mercy. Um, and if I refuse, like what it says in the in Matthew chapter five in the Beatitude, um, the the reverse of that is said here in Matthew eighteen verse thirty five. If you don't forgive your brother from your heart, my Father won't forgive you. Uh, any other thoughts or comments? questions on that that you guys want to bring up?
2: Let's talk about why, because this is, this would have been a powerful parable if the money amounts had been similar. Yeah. If the first guy owed, you know, $10,000, the guy had mercy on him, completely forgave him, said, I'm going to take the loss on me. You're completely free and clear. And then he turned around and threw a guy in prison that owed him $10,000. That would look horrible. Mm. But the the difference is just astronomical between the two. Um, And so the, the ratio on my 1901 Bible, of course, money was different. Back then, you didn't have as much inflation. Silver was a different price. Wages were different. But back in 1901, if I remember correctly from my notes in my 1901 Bible, this is like $10,000 compared to 17 bucks, Mm. something like that. It's a a crazy ratio. So if it would be terrible to do that with the same amount, how much more for even something smaller? And yet the problem is we might think who would ever do that? But I've done that. Mm -hmm. You know, have have you ever, Wanted God to forgive you, but didn't want to forgive somebody else. Didn't want to accept somebody else's apology. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what this is about. And Jesus puts it in these terms to get our attention and ends it with saying, that's exact. He said, that is what God is going to do to you. if You don't forgive each one, your brother from where? From your heart. heart. Why is that last part important?
0: Set sincerity, you really mean it, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Not just something on the surface to get by, yeah. So, why, why sometimes are we so slow or hesitant to forgive? And it's really, and the hypocrisy because we don't want God to be that way with us, yeah. Go ahead, Jonathan.
1: I think what it really boils down to, and what, what I've noticed a lot of things boil down to that we get wrong is selfishness. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if if I'm the one that's being hurt, that's worse than if someone else is being hurt. You think about how ridiculous that sounds, given the story that we just read, like me being hurt is worse than God being hurt. Yeah, what? <laughs> like, no, it's not right. Um, but but it's so easy to think that, and and while we may not think that actually like that exact thought in the moment, that's really what we're saying is like, yeah, I know that I hurt you, God. I know that I I know that I didn't do exactly what you wanted me to do. I know that I disobeyed you in you know, whatever way, you know, but you know, please forgive me of that. But if it's me, oh man you've got a long way to climb before you get yeah. back to you know earning my trust back or earning my you know friendship back or whatever because man i i'm this you know uh, how dare you
2: ever yeah, hurt you me yeah you really messed up
1: yeah and that's just that's just so pitiful and so um, when, when you compare ourselves you, you try to compare yourself to god in that situation there's you, no we need to learn humility, we need to learn to see ourselves in a better light and realize that the thing that I like about the story in Matthew 18 is both of the people that that aren't the king, both of the other two primary characters, they're both servants. um and that's kind of what you know all of us are we're we're all servants doesn't matter you know who you are your servant before god and our everyone's answerable to god um but yeah it's just so easy to i think elevate ourselves and get really puffed up in our view of ourselves um and, yep. and think that you know how yep. dare anyone ever cross me in the wrong way
2: yeah and to take god should forgive me for granted right oh yeah i messed up but i i should be forgiven you know uh, and forgive me sorry how would we you remember peter's question how many times i have to forgive him seven oh. uh, what if god told us oh by the way i forgot to mention there is a quota on how many times you can be forgiven and it's seven
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh. <laughs> yeah i've uh i've run yeah. out a long time ago yeah yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> or 70 times seven no what do we expect from god Forgiveness, 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 forgiveness. And then we can turn around and be so begrudging with it. And that's why this parable is so important. Because it says, if we do that, we lose our forgiveness. Which, by the way, the main point here to get is the thing about we need to be more forgiving. Uh, but another thing is, what did it say about the theory of once saved, always saved?
1: Yeah, you've got a guy who was forgiven and his forgiveness was taken away. Mm-hmm.
2: And is it because he was supposed to earn his forgiveness? No. No, but he disrespected the grace given him mm-hmm. by refusing to imitate that grace, even on a fractional scale. Mm-hmm. And that was such an insult. You remember in Hebrews 10, it talks about if we go and start sinning willfully, we have trodden underfoot the son of God Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and done despite to the spirit of grace and counted his blood an unholy thing Mm -hmm. and that's not to be tolerated.
0: I often uh, look look at that number which you can't comprehend how how much he owed uh, his master and I'm saying why is that there? I mean that's an unrealistic number well okay it's unrealistic in one sense but the comparison is what is the forgiveness that we're having we're getting we're receiving yes. it's unrealistic on what christ went through voluntarily for us no matter what we do or offer mercy to others that mercy exceeds yes beyond what mercy we can exceed uh, give and offer
2: I'm glad you brought that up because it needs to be an impossible number in the first one.
0: That's why it's there. Because
2: if it was, and you owe 50 bucks.
0: Or even a thousand.
2: That's not an impossible number. We could pay that back. And it needs to represent the fact that we cannot pay that back. And when the servant asked for mercy and he said, oh, give me time and I'll pay it off. He couldn't. And so the king, to have mercy, the king just took the loss on himself and forgave the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so our debt to God, unpayable, but the and- debt to each other, well, that, that could be easily paid. So stop and think about this. Um, if If nobody could be forgiven for the next 24 hours, if God says, nobody's gonna be forgiven for the next 24 hours, um, you know, God doesn't need our forgiveness. We're the ones that need His.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We need forgiveness. He doesn't. We're the ones in trouble if forgiveness is gone. Mm-hmm. But down here on our end of it, I need forgiveness from other people just to be able to get along on this earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, think of the last time you were really irritated and put out with somebody. Mm -hmm. Think what they did that really upset you. Have you ever done that or something like that to anybody else?
1: Uh, Yep.
2: Yeah. So it's kind of an exchange thing almost. It it, it shouldn't be tit for tat, but, you know, if, if I say, uh, you you spoke rudely to me i can never forgive that scott have you ever spoken rudely oh well yes i have so in other words i need uh let let me put it this way imagine everybody that you ever wronged was still mad at you for what you did and nobody had forgiven (laughs) okay all those fights you got into with a sibling growing up they're still upset with whatever you did all those different times your parents are still upset over you know wrongs you did. Your 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 first boss, your everybody in your life that you've ever wronged is still upset with you for what you did all those many years ago. Where would you have to live? You couldn't
1: live on a on a desert island yeah. somewhere by yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Was, yeah, we'd have to hide from everybody. So we need forgiveness you know, to, to, to survive. And so we ought to be able to give forgiveness. And so one time, you know, I forgive you. Another time you forgive me, maybe even for the same action, but the forgiveness from God, when did he need our forgiveness? It's one way. It's one way. And you've got the Holy one and, and the rebellious, foolish enemies down here that have sinned. And so the first amount, it's so clearly appropriate that it's a impossible number that you can't pay back. Whereas the other one, that's that's that would be conceivable, right, Jonathan?
1: Yeah. Let me just say about that. I think there's a really helpful principle found in in the wisdom literature about this. This is Solomon almost saying exactly what you just said, Scott, in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, in verse 21, he says, do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. And in verse 22, your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. Um, and it's so easy to really take to heart like, oh, well, I can't believe they would even think of doing something like that to me. But stop and think about it. Have you ever done something like that to someone? Cut, cut people some slack, <laughs> you know? That, I think that's really what Solomon is saying. Cut them some slack, show them the same mercy that you would want to be shown. And Jesus will talk about that also later in the Sermon on the Mount. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, would you want people to never want to budge even a centimeter in, and, and, you know, forgiving you? No, you want people to be merciful to you. So give a little mercy to some other people um, as well.
2: Good point. And, and what about this? When it's we that were wrong, like Adam and Eve, when they were wrong, first they tried to hide it. And when that didn't work, they started doing what? Blaming someone else. Yeah, in an effort to make it less on them. You know, we like to justify and explain the extenuating circumstances. And it was more understandable when we did it, right? We might say, okay, yeah, I didn't do the right thing, but, and and we got all these justifications or, you know, Your Honor, you know, it was not that big a deal, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, when somebody wrongs us,
0: well, Adam he blamed God. That's the woman you gave me. She made me do it. <laughs> he he blamed both.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and sometimes we start speculating that motives are worse than they are, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that that. That all comes from selfishness. Mm-hmm. At Arugula, I a lot of times, like Jonathan said.
1: Jonathan. Yeah, there's one comment um, that came in from T J um, I think it makes a really good point. She said unentitlement. Um, we need to think about the way that we apologize and ask forgiveness from God. We expect certain, or we expect sincere and specific apologies from others to us. And we want to hear exactly the, what they are sorry for and an understanding and their voice of what they've done wrong. And yet how many times do we nonchalantly say to God, forgiving my sins? Instead, of, instead, I think we should be specific for what we have done wrong and verbalize to God how truly sorry we are. It's easy to get entitled for the forgiveness. And yeah, I think that's, excellent point um you know it's like it's like if you don't meet you know all of these criteria you don't get my forgiveness whenever someone is asking for forgiveness from us but then it's so easy to just quickly oh god please forgive me of my sins none of us would accept that so why why expect god to accept that also?
2: more sincerity in our own confession and less begrudgingness and, and less exalting ourselves to be so important and and more remembering that we're the beggar that was in front of the king, desperate and needing forgiveness.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, any other comments or thoughts you guys want to make on blessed are the merciful, they shall receive mercy? All right. Um, well, what's that?
2: Anything from the audience? I'm think uh, it is.
1: Yeah, that was we're, it for right now. We're a
2: few minutes short, but I'd, I'd rather not start holding another beatitude because this has been, a, I think, a very helpful discussion on that one. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we'll end a little bit short today. But mm-hmm. first, does anybody else in the audience or Jonathan or Drew
1: have anything further? Mm-hmm. One thing that I'll, I'll just say, while well, um, if, if in the audience you have anything else you'd like to bring up or discuss one thing that I'll say k- kind of related. Um, I think that is a real issue with uh, not just forgiveness, but a lot of different things, um, that people need to be aware of in their own lives and, the, and that I need to be aware of in my life also, um, is it's so easy to not see the wrong in ourselves, but to so easily see the wrong in other people. And, um, we we need to we need to learn to see the wrong in ourselves better. And what I'm constantly reminded of is it's so easy to blind ourselves um, to what our actions are actually doing and how they're actually being you know received and things like that. Um, and it reminds me of Jesus's admonition to the Church of Laodicea in Roman or Revelation chapter three. Um, in writing that letter to the church at Laodicea, um, they see themselves as rich and needing nothing and and perfect and 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 they're just at the top of the, you know top of the ladder, and everything is going great. But Jesus tells them that they're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. <laughs> and they need to seek mercy from him. They need to see themselves in a better way. They need to anoint their eyes with salve so that they can see. They need to, you know beg Jesus for some clothes and things like that to clothe themselves it's just so easy. And you see it time and time again in the scriptures. And if you pay attention to your own life and you're, and you're really honest in your own life, you'll see it time and time again in your own life as well, that how you see yourself is not how other people have perceived you. And probably not how God is perceiving you either. We need to be more honest with ourselves and more straightforward and blunt with ourselves and the actions that we have. And I think what would be so helpful is if we would all learn to pray and really want in our lives that God that we would see ourselves like God sees us, rather than us seeing ourselves like we see us, um, that would solve a lot of issues when it comes not just showing mercy, but but in our dealings with other people as well.
0: Comment just came in on that too. Uh, Go ahead,
1: Drew.
0: Uh, Comment came in from from, from PJ. Uh, why is it that past slights from brethren keep coming up? Is that a pride thing or Satan working? I think it's both. Satan is working. He knows how to use pride, how to use us yes. and our pride. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it really comes down to that, that relating to what you were saying, Jonathan, it's our pride that, that's in the way and we can't see. We're blinded by our own pride. And I thought you were going to go with the parable that he was talking about that uh, we, we were so quick to want to point out the speck in the other fellow's eye. Mm-hmm. We got a log sitting in our eye. It's right. pride. We can't see it. And Satan's always walking like a roaring lion and he knows our weaknesses.
1: All right. Well, thank you all for your discussion. Thank you to our audience um, for your questions and comments uh, on that. Uh, That'll be a good place for us to stop. And we'll pick up with the Beatitudes. Keep going with the uh, pure in heart next week, Lord willing. Um, And if you have any other comments or questions uh, on the Beatitudes here, what we've already discussed, or any other Bible question or topic you'd like us to discuss on our show, you can submit that to us at biblequest.org and we'll be happy to put that on our docket and and talk about that in one of our live shows. Well, uh, that's all that we have for this week, so we'll see you all next week, Lord willing.